Hey, what's going on, guys? This is GP. This is the boom. This is JC. This is Flash. This is Denny Hendricks. And you are listening to. And you are listening to. And you're listening to. And you're listening to the Run and Gun Podcast. So what's going on, folks? Welcome to another episode of the Running Gun Podcast. I'm Jay Peeps. That's Flash. What's up, He's, And this is actually his first time on this podcast. So, you know, one one episode we had D Sasser. Uh, next episode, now we got Flash on here. So it's all good. It's all good. And... The first thing, you know what? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a good, I'm gonna be a good host here. You know what? What do you want to talk about first, Flash? You want to talk about college football? You want to talk about the MLB, NBA, NFL? What, what do you want to talk about? Within those three, we can talk about Rays. We can talk about college football. We can talk about NFL. We can talk about NBA thoughts. Whatever. Okay, hey, let's go ahead and jump into it then. First thing we got to jump into, you know, it just ended not too long ago. Game seven of the ALCS. The Rays take down the Astros. The Rays. After <laughs> after allowing after after going up three nothing and then allowing the Astros to come back, send it to a game seven, and then finishing it in game seven in the proper fashion I'm, I'm i was blown away by that like my my adrenaline high has been going has been like sky high today because of like the way ucf lost and then the way florida state just won tonight and now this on top of that and then the fact that is tomorrow in the nlcs we get the dodgers and the braves again in a game seven it's Man, crazy. That FSU game towards the end, like that was something else. Like probably F- FSU really gotta enjoy that win tonight. I'll tell you that right now. Enjoy I'm with you. you. I'm with you. Especially but let what's me... going on because earlier this season we had talks talking about that USF maybe may have been better. We're we, we gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. Let's talk about the I, gotta, I gotta ask you I gotta ask you this now. So, a Rose Arena already got MVP for the American League Championship. So now the Rays have to await the winner of the NLCS, the Braves or the Dodgers. Who would you rather see the Rays play? Hmm. Well, let's see. Um, to be honest, like I'm fine with either one. To be honest, I think both of them could put up a good series against the Rays. Or the Rays could put up a good series with both of them, depending how you want to view it. But I personally think, um, I guess L.A. maybe, but Atlanta would be fun. I, yeah. If, if the Astros had won, I would say L.A. because of you know the fight with the pitchers and stuff. I forgot his name. Right. But yeah, because it, it'll be that's what, it, that's what it kind of felt like it was building towards. It kind of felt like it was building towards you know like an Astros Dodgers type World Series with the way both teams have kind of fought back to force that game seven 
But now that the Rays have kind of just, you know, held on and finished this off the right way and didn't pull a Golden State, I, it kind of feels like, you know, it could end up being the Rays and the Braves. And there's something interesting that a few people, especially in the Tampa Bay area know, and a, few, a lot of people in Florida know, is the thing with the Rays and the Braves is like, and even my parents have told me about it, before the Rays became a baseball team back in 98, a lot of the, the Braves games up in Atlanta used to get beamed down here to Tampa. So, like, the Braves were, like, Tampa Bay's team for a long time because Tampa Bay didn't have a baseball team. So right. everybody used to always watch, you know, the Braves playing stuff. Like, it was like, okay, yeah, the Braves. And then, of course, you know, too, the Braves play at the Watt World of Sports over in Orlando. So, like, that's not too far from Tampa either. You can just drive over there and go see the Braves play a baseball game. Empty like you win, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's kind of long. Yeah. There's going to be some mixed feelings, though, if, if that's the case between between Tampa fans. But even though I would easily say Tampa fans have the majority of I mean, I think, I think like, for that time period, I think it's kind of, like, it's phased out a little bit because that, that was, like, what, 20, what 22 years ago? But, like, I mean, it's still it's still there because a lot of sports columnists will write about that because they'll, like I said, they'll tell you before it was, before it was the Rays, everybody around here was the Braves because, like, the Braves are always on TV, on CBS and stuff, uh, getting their games beamed down here to Tampa. But oh, yeah. honestly, if I had to choose between the two, for – for like purposes being, I would love to see a Rays versus Braves World Series, but the betting man inside of me, if I were to go to Vegas and put money down on Game Seven, I'd definitely put it down on the Dodgers. That's just me, though. I, 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 for some reason, because the Dodgers are a more experienced team in this position, I just feel like the Dodgers have the upper hand. Oh yeah. Definitely, I, 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 my, my gut inside me think the Dodgers are gonna pull it off. That's that's just me. I think um, I don't know. Like when when there's like another team, it feels more solidified to um, if the Rays win it all, and I feel like the Dodgers are the team to beat if the if if the Rays had a better opponent to face. You know, it makes it feel solidified, bigger market. You know. That kind of stuff. Despite, I don't think the Rays ever won a World Series, right? I don't think so. No, they have not. They've been to one, though. The last one was 2008. So, and I, I believe in that World Series, they got swept by the Phillies. Because I remember, I remember vividly, it was like, okay, Rays are going to go to the World Series. Rays are going to go play against the Philadelphia Phillies, who've, We've got like I believe Jim Tomey was on the team at the same time. I, I think, uh, yeah, I, I believe it was. But I know the Rays got swept in that series. I think. I think it. I think it was a sweep. I'm not too sure. I'm trying to look back at it and find it right now. The 2008 World Series, and that game was. It was ooh, what was it? Oh, it was a four to one. Okay, it was a four to one series win for the okay. Phillies. It was a so, yeah, because I mean, like the Rays were good, but just you know, the Phillies were just on a different level and everything. Like it, 
Because like the Rays didn't, the Rays won game two. It was tied up two to two. I don't know, tied up one one in the series, and then from there, the next three games were up in Philadelphia. It was cold, and the Rays lost. The Rays oh. lost three straight, and it was over. I mean, a lot of things are different now with with the bubble and stuff. I mean, there's many factors. Oh and, yeah, um, definitely. I I mean, I, I still like the Rays to win it all. I mean, especially beating the um supposedly best team ever, the Yankees, as everyone was calling them, right? Oh no, nobody was calling them that. I was, I didn't think the Yankees were the best team at the moment. I I really thought that the um, truthfully, I really think that the best team is probably the Dodgers or was the Astros. Nah, Astros had some issues this season. I didn't think that. Right, okay, well, yeah, probably than the Dodgers, but I mean, you know, it's it's fantastic. Love to see it. Hopefully, they can pull it out. But now I'm going I'm to switch gears for you here, and I'm going to transition us in to NCAA football. And I'm going to start off with something you kind of had, had a little beef about earlier today, beef. and that was Auburn. So let me ask you this. Is Auburn overrated? I think I know what you're going to say. Yes, this season they're definitely are. Um, they definitely got exposed by South Carolina today. It shows. I saw the game throughout today. While I was at work, they were just getting beat left and right. They just weren't the Auburn team that we're used to see. I got to agree with you. And then I, now I want to know about what you said about Bo Nix, too. Honestly, I'm going to be like straightforward about Bo Nix. Um, I I really didn't think he, I, I didn't think he should have got the starting job over Joey Gatwood. Last yeah, Joey Gatewood. Gatewood. I, I thought Joey Gatewood was the better quarterback. That's, that was just my thoughts. and You know what? I agree with you because, for one, I feel like – because Joey Gatewood is at Kentucky now, I believe, correct? He's at yes. Kentucky. He's on the bench. Yeah. Like, the quarterback is a senior, so, you know. Right. But, yes, because, like, I've, I think Joey Gatewood could have added an extra element that Bo Nix does not contribute to. Like, don't get me wrong, Bo Nix is a good player. Oh, yeah, but definitely. Bo Nix is not – He's not an accurate thrower of the football. Oh, yeah. He was overshooting his throws today. A lot of that. There were some other issues with Auburn, too, but overshooting passes was definitely – overthrowing passes. Slightly. Exactly. And then the fact of the matter, too, is, is like, okay, you want, a, you want a crunch time game a crunch time game against Oregon last year, week one. What yeah. other – like, I mean, like – like I said, again, good quarterback and stuff. You beat Alabama a year ago, but outside of that, like, I mean, there dude. There were other elements besides Bo Nix that, um, that, that beat Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. Like the running back. Sean Shivers, like, knocking out the helmet, dude. Which, by the way, yeah. personally, Sean Shivers is a hell of an athlete, guys. Like, he may be 5'6", but he can, he's a fast dude, and he will run through you, like. Don't underestimate his size. Exactly. That that photo is one to remember for Auburn fans, without a doubt. Exactly, and like it's it's like with him, I I I just I I I don't know. It's, I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll mature into something better next year, but I don't know. Like I just 
it's so much growth I still need to see from Bo Nix before I can actually really like become a fan. Because right now at the moment, if you ask me, I mean, look, he, he grew up with the Auburn name and stuff and whatnot. Like he grew up in Auburn. His dad played for Auburn and stuff. But exactly. I need to see I need to see more from him. Definitely. Especially you have the name to live up to. I mean, that's probably why he also got a starting job too. I said it on Twitter earlier. I think um I think Bonix really just got his starting job because his dad played at Auburn. That's just how I felt personally. No, not right. hating, but that's just how I felt. Right. I mean, no, and you're and you're right, and that's rightfully the truth to say that. And now the next thing that we got to hit on too with this, with the college football is, uh, so the funny thing coming out of Gainesville that I've kind of been harping on for so long here now. Um, Dan Mullen wanted full capacity for what was supposed to be this weekend's game against LSU. But now, because he's tested positive and multiple people in the Gators camp have tested positive for COVID-19, we aren't going to see the Gators play a game for the next two weeks. Or really, next week, well, this week and next week. So now their game with LSU has been canceled, and also their game with Missouri has been postponed. So now, out of luck. And it's the irony of it, because Dan Mullen wanted 90,000 people in the swamp, and COVID just shut all of it down. Man, you know what? It's just irresponsibility in Florida. And it starts with our governor, to be honest. It starts with our governor, Governor DeSantis, being irresponsible, telling everyone, yeah, let's let's increase capacity and stuff. I'm not against people going into football stands and anything, but like, at least be responsible, you know, mandate wearing masks and stuff. Because it has the sign that shows that, like, if you wear a mask and you possibly are, and you possibly have the virus, you could, it, it's like less than one percent of you spreading it to other people. As long, so, right? So, like, as, and our governor thinks, oh no, it's okay, we can have everyone in, just like if it's normal. Like, I think that's part of the issue. I also think Dan Mullen is also really irresponsible with that statement. And, I, and it's definitely has shown in the Gators camp with, with 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 him testing positive along with some other players. And coaches. Oh. Coaches tested positive too. There's definitely it wasn't just him out there, without a doubt. I agree with you. I agree with you. Gators were really um, all right until um the Texas AM M game, but I think I think Texas A&M was just more willing to win that game than the Gators were. The Gators were just choking stuff. I was Texas A&M is is a good football team, honestly. Oh yeah, Colin, Texas Colin A&M Mon is a real deal. Like based off based off of what they have ahead, still they could win out, and they sh- they showed it again today when they beat Mississippi State. Mike Leach. Speaking of. Mike Leach is 0-3 since beating LSU week one. KJ Costello was benched, like I believe, two games after he tossed 600 passing yards in in that same game against LSU. Uh, Look, Mississippi, and they're just a pass-happy team. The lead rusher only, I believe, one game against in the game against Kentucky that they lost 24-2 only had like 17 yards on seven carries. Hmm. 
I'm sorry. I was, can't run the ball. I was out of it. <laughs> You're good. You're good. But you mean you can't? You can, in, in in a conference, especially like the SEC. Oh yeah. And I know how you might. I know how you might feel about the SEC bias, but no, no, no. I mean, SEC like you can't. Legitimate conference. Don't get me wrong, but there are some overrated teams in the SEC. That's that's all I just want to say. Okay, f- fair statement. Fair because statement. Like, but you 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 got to be able to run the ball. In the SEC, no, in no the conference, you have to wear out your opponents. Texas A&M did it against UF, and it's and the results showed UF was tired, making careless mistakes, committing dumb penalties. Exactly, they just couldn't stop them. Kellen Mond exactly thrive in the SEC with that kind of style of play. If his own line can keep him protected, but I think with his passing skill and stuff, I would like he's going to be great in the NFL. I personally think. I think him and King. I think right. they're going to be first or second round picks, maybe third or Edwards. I think. Hmm. I don't know. That's fair. That's fair. That's a fair statement. Derek King is also another guy I like so far seeing this season. I mean, people said hmm. that like. He should get Heisman if he beats Clemson, but to be honest, Miami overall is just not on Clemson's level. Let's let's face the truth. Clemson is just dominant. There's there's a lot of teams in the ACC that are not on Clemson's level yet, and the next one being is even on Clemson's level at all. I think I think Notre Dame will get smacked by them, knowing how good they. Oh, I'm so glad you. You know what? I'm so glad you said that. Matter of fact, I'm. Um, you know, I was going to talk about Florida State and North Carolina real quick, but I'm going to talk about Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I, I here's the funny thing, and I, I believe I shared it with you last week. Yes. So I said I said Notre Dame wasn't a team that could compete with and hang with Clemson or Miami because they just don't seem impressive enough. I mean, we, and someone first, tried to say first we saw them like run down USF, and we thought, okay, yeah, maybe. They're actually going to be good, but then out of nowhere. Oh, I already knew that. I still knew they weren't all that because USF ain't that good. But we know. the thing is, USF is in a rebuild. Yeah, they're more than a rebuild. <laughs> but the, th- the thing is, the thing is with with Notre Dame is, look, you are a top five team in the country, I believe, right now. Yeah, top five. Yeah, top and. And here's the thing about it. You struggled to put away Louisville today. You barely won that game. An unranked Louisville, one and four Louisville team at that. You barely struggled to put them away. That same Louisville team lost to Georgia Tech that got smacked by Clemson. Just keep in mind, folks. This is the same Louisville Louisville That same Louisville team that got ran out of their own stadium by Miami. So to the person that still – to the people that still question – Oh, Notre Dame would hang with Miami and Clemson. What do you have to say now? Because this Notre Dame team has not put, if you look at Notre Dame's schedule right now, all the teams they played that all the teams that they played at the moment they played them, none of them were ranked. Notre Dame is probably the worst undefeated team right now at the moment. Notre Dame's playing an upset minded Pittsburgh team next week. That could very well get the job done. They can. And November. And then November 7th. Clemson. Notre Dame. Exactly. Notre Dame plays Clemson. In South Bend. 
Oh, in and based off of what we saw, it's in Clemson or is it in South Bend? No, it's South Bend. You're right. That oh, okay. It's going to be a nightmare. I'm I'm going to tell you guys that right now. Clemson is number one for a reason. I, I hope that game's on national TV because that way we can NBC. really prove that Notre Dame does NBC not belong. Seven o'clock, y'all. Oh, it's on NBC. Yeah, seven o'clock. Oh, good. it'll be in front of a national audience. Awesome. Yeah. So that way that we will still prove that, you know, Notre Dame does not belong. Because like I've said, and it, it's still relevant to this game. UNC they're will not. go to another overrated team also, which we will get to that later on. Well, we can get to that now. I'm going to get off of Notre Dame. No, no, no. So Florida, Florida, Florida State. Go ahead. Florida State, Florida State takes down a 3-0 UNC Tar Heels team. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't say UNC's overrated. They're they, they should not rank number five. That's what I mean by overrated. Yeah, they now were they deserving of a number five ranking? That's what I mean. Probably not. My, Miami, Probably. Miami's far better than than Notre Dame. Now, you mean UNC? Ah, yeah, UNC. <laughs> oh, you're good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just yeah, Miami is far better than Notre Dame. I mean, oh, well, oh my gosh, look at me, look what you did. <laughs> you, uh, you, but, you, Miami, Miami is far better than North Carolina. Miami is. I'm gonna be honest with you. North Carolina, I will say, is not deserving of their number five ranking. They were they're probably a top ten team. Top 10, maybe, maybe yeah top maybe like a, exactly like. But tonight, you just saw you saw a lot of mental mistakes. Drop passes. that Florida State. Oh my gosh! Drop passes all over the place. There's there was like five drop passes on that drive towards the end of the game for for North Carolina to go win the game. Like like when you they just were, legit looked like how Auburn looked like against South Carolina, dropping passes, those kind of mistakes. Exactly. And then the funny part is Florida State didn't score a single point in the second half of that game. They didn't. That's, that, that's just mind-boggling. You, you, and, and Florida State is unranked. Like, I, think, I think right now Florida State is on the streaky side right now, if you ask me personally. But they're going to tighten up as the season goes on, I personally think. Especially how my oh, career throughout um, Florida State is going to go, they're going to tighten up. Oh, I definitely agree with you. I th- see, and you know, here's something else that's pretty funny about it. So Jimbo Fisher never beat he never beat North Carolina in his time at Florida State. Bobby Bowden only lost to North Carolina one time, and that was in 2001. After he had after it was basically kind of like a rebuild year. For Florida State, because Florida State had just lost uh, Chris Winkie and on all that talent, like Peter Warwick and all those guys, so it was kind of like a rebuild year. So I mean, that was like the given year that they were going to lose to North Carolina. Mike Norvell has come in here and won a very big signature game because to Florida State, don't tell the people, don't tell those people that oh, North Carolina was overrated. Oh no, no. That's a big deal when you you're unranked like that, oh, and you've been the laughing size. Like every Florida State fan should be going crazy about it. Like, 
Exactly. I'm like, like there. Being, there was like, so ranking much... period for Florida State is a signature win. Like I would not take that away from them. Oh, of course, it's a stepping stone for Florida State to get back to where they were. And I'm gonna say it now. And a lot of people, a lot of people are probably gonna say, "Oh, it's too soon to say that." Oh, they didn't give him a chance. Willie Taggart had his opportunities to get that signature win at Florida State. He had a 27 to seven lead on Miami. Oh, please. Had the whole crowd doing the swag surf. His first game against against West no Virginia Tech. Had Florida come into had Florida come into Dope Campbell. Could have won that. There's a lot of games that were key games that he could have won, that he should have won. A game like tonight, and Mike Norvell has come in here, and five games in, Mike Norvell got a huge signature win. And I can honestly say, if Willie Taggart had been on the sideline tonight instead of Mike Norvell, I don't think Florida State wins this no, game. definitely not. I do not think that I'm just going to be honest. And a lot of people are going to say, you shouldn't say that because it's too soon. Well, quite, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to tell the truth. And a lot of people want to say, Oh, well, they didn't give him enough time. You know yeah, what? He had like what? Two years, three years. I think he had enough time. He had two years. He had two you, years. You, you should have at least picked up a signature win within those two years, even with, you should land. He should have landed some better quarterbacks. Mike Norvell has come in here in one year, five games in, and has gotten a signature win. That's the type of progress that I'm talking about. That was not made two years prior. And there was a certain energy with only eighteen thousand fans inside Doke that I felt for the first time in a long time from the Florida State faithful. Definitely. I wish I wish I wish USF could have something like that, but you know, there's some questions about USF that must be answered, and I think this is not the year. Until they do, until USF does right by Jim Levitt, things won't change. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. Like there's nothing else to say. You had sellout crowds. It was so much. It was fun to go to USF games back. It was back, fun. Back in 2008, yeah, I remember those games. 2007, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2008, 2009. Like, I was there. I was at I, – I like to call it the game that retired Bobby Bowden. I was at the – I was at that USF Florida State game back in 09 where USF went into Tallahassee and beat Florida State, the game that kind of technically marked the end of the Bowden oh, era. Yeah. I was there. Like, it's just – I'm that, that type of swagger that USF had, that of that oh we're gonna go into your house and beat you and they were beating all these power five teams that type of energy Definitely. when they get that back that's when USF will be back right now USF ain't doesn't have right no, and no. even though they today hmm? UCF is the better team compared to USF oh that's not a question that's not a question everyone's gonna say that. exactly it, it's just no contest between those two schools right now. I think I think I just, but I do want to see how um Jeff Scott recruits and stuff. I I have yet to watch a USF game this year, but so I have no idea how he handles in crunch time. But I they're not worthy of TV. They're not worthy of TV. That's, That's why. why. So I have no clue how that Temple game ended. 
because I heard Temple was just as good. As oh, they lost. Yeah, I knew that. But like, were there like silly mistakes made or something like that, or was Temple? I believe they were down. I believe they were down by two. Yeah, they lost by two. Actually, they lost hmm. by two. But yes, I, I I would say this about USF. I would like to see how Jeff Scott recruits and how he handles with all these losses this season, and if he could make them at least over a 500 team next year. No, it is true. I, I but now, at least two to three years before, you know. Right. But now, the the bug is it's time for a little bit of trivia with the bug. Uh oh. Hello, everyone. Uh, this is the bug, and my trivia today is who was the first person to play in the NBA and was not and did not play any college basketball and high school basketball here in the United States. And that's the bug's trivia question for for his trivia question this week, it was who was the first player? Who was the first NBA player to be drafted without playing high school or college basketball in the US? Now we're going to leave that question out there for it to be answered for next week. But Flash, I'm going to leave it up to you to answer this question for from last from the last episode today. So out of the 26 quarterbacks in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how many of them don't have any rings or championships? That was one I'm not going to take a stab at because I have zero clue on top of my head. <laughs> I know these questions are kind of hard. Yeah, aren't they? they're, they're kind of hard. I mean, especially like if you're not from the from the past and stuff, like pre 1980s, 1990s, you would not have a clue, to be honest. Hmm. Well, I'm going to answer that one, this pre, that question from last episode for you. So out of the 26 QBs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, only five of them don't have any rings or championships. Hmm. That's a, how many, 36? That's a, out of the 26 that's a, in the Hall of Fame, that's a solid ratio. only five of them don't have any rings. I would rings. say that's a solid ratio because, um, I mean, that, that must have been like some – Amazing talents that went through the league and they can't win it all, which, which understandably is a team sport in the end. So, right. Well, I mean, you got to understand, you had guys like you had certain guys like Dan Marino to, to most notably name one, name somebody that sticks out that, you know, just came along at a time where the NFC was just loaded. And he had to see if it was either going to be Joe Montana or the Cowboys or the Giants who you were going to see in the Super Bowl. Most notably in the 80s, it was going to be the it was going to be the 49ers. Like you're not going to beat them. It it was a sentence. And they were like what? They were like the Warriors back then. Better. 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 They were a they were the team of the 80s in the NFL. They won four, yeah, four Super Bowls in that decade. They didn't lose one. They didn't lose one. The 49ers 
were five and zero. They were five and zero in the super in Super Bowls up until their last two Super Bowls against the Ravens and the Chiefs. But during the Jerry Rice years and Joe Montana in the eighties and that one in ninety four, the Forty ers didn't lose the Super Bowl. That's nuts. I know it's crazy. We're all like envying about Tom Brady and the New England errors. Like, I I don't know. I think you can make a better comparison of that compared to those 49ers teams because, like, I mean, we know Tom Brady was good, but I mean, like, the Philly Super Bowl, which is like probably one of my favorite Super Bowls I ever watched because Philly was really riled up and. You kind of sense the spirit in those Philly boys that they wanted it. Oh, of course, of course. But yeah, that's that's the Bucks trivia question for the next episode. We'll answer it on here. Who is the first NBA player to be drafted without playing a high school or co- who without playing high school or college basketball in the U.S.? Who was it? Uh, we'll answer that for the next episode, but if you know it, comment under the, this episode on YouTube or shoot us a DM or comment under this post on Twitter. As we move forward now, we're going to talk about the NFL. So, major news with Tom Brady, actually, now that you mention him. Tom Brady forgot what da- what the down and distance was at a crucial point in the game against the Bears. And I'm just like, golly, it's that 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 would be that's the most buccaneer thing I've ever seen. I wouldn't. It, it really, I really wouldn't be too stressed about Tom Brady making that kind of mistake. I think, I think he'll know better. Definitely. Oh, you know he's upset, and he, that's that's gonna be I like the buccaneer defenders game is gonna be good this weekend, guys. I'm just gonna call it out right now. That's actually what I, and I'm glad you said that. Because that leads me into my next question for you. Do you think that the Bucs can bounce back against the Packers? Ooh, that is tough. Um, That's a question you must write up to the Buccaneers defense yourself. Because Aaron Rodgers is on Mm. fire. Plain and simple. That's true. Aaron Rodgers is not. I think think Buccaneers can definitely score on the Packers defense. I think it will be a bond for their game for sure. But it's right. I believe is it, I, I think, is it Russell Wilson? Is it Russell Wilson or is it or is it Aaron Rodgers who currently hasn't thrown an interception in the NFL right now? I'm not too sure. To be not on top of I'm looking at the. Cause I, I I know it's somebody that's like one of the leaders in the clubhouse for MVP right now. Is it Aaron Rodgers? Is it yes? It is Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers has thirteen picks in one one of those games. I can't remember which one, but I definitely knew he did. I think I think for Aaron for Russell Wilson, it was the one last week against the Vikings. But yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers who hasn't thrown a pick yet. I personally think. But I think um the Buccaneers game with the Packers is. I think the light's going to be shined as well on um, Bruce Aarons. Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady. I mean, yes, he's not as good as he used to be, but he's definitely still the quarterback to get the job done. So we got to watch on the play calling on the Bucs. We got to watch the Buccaneers' defense because there has been some suspect times on the Bucs' defense that 
we must see if they could handle some a team like the Packers, which I I think they'll be riled up, but you just gotta. I think they'll be up to the task. I mean, we'll see. Uh, I mean, these numbers are incredible, though, through like the first five games of the season, I believe it is, for the Packers. Uh, No, four games played, 1,214 yards, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks, a passer rating of 128.4. Like, this, it's fantastic. He's getting back. Devonte Adams, who's the third leading receiver on the team, like that's, it's, that's major. It's crazy, exactly. And he he's still not going to have Anthony Lazard. So for you fantasy buffs, you can't start Anthony Lazard yet, but you can definitely start Devonte Adams. But I this it's going to be a fun one with the Bucks and the Packers. Um, the other one too to keep an eye out on is that the Cowboys. So. Would you still put the Cowboys down as a favorite to win the division without Dak Prescott? Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, it all depends. Let me let me look up the Eagles right now. So the Eagles actually have a record of one three and one, while Dallas to, uh, the Ravens. That's the Giants. I think the Eagles can pull it off. I just don't know much about the Eagles other than they lost some silly games. Right, right. And then you but then, but then they managed to keep up with the Steelers. So it's this is like all right, are you guys tanking? What are you guys are doing? Are you just bad? I really think they need to give Jalen Hurts a shot. Oh, the Eagles definitely. do. Definitely. I mean, Jalen Hurts may not be the think, best deep bomb thrower, but he could definitely make his passes. I think if it gets bad enough, to, if it gets bad enough against the Ravens, he should definitely get some snaps. Yeah, you 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 got to put him in at some point. You have to, because you know the the point of emphasis for the Ravens defense is going to be rattle Carson Wentz, right. and they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a nightmare to run against that Ravens defense. Exactly. I, mean, I, I don't I don't know if Hurts is a better runner than, than, than Carson Wentz. I think he'll definitely get some more snaps definitely tomorrow. I think what, what whether if he's shotgunning or what, I think he's definitely going to be going for it. Right. Um. And this brings me now to the last question. Uh, so how good are the Browns? They're four and one. They're one and one in, in their division. And they got the undefeated Steelers in Heinz Field tomorrow or here soon. Let me see real quickly. Browns 20 schedule. Ah, oh, I th- I think the Browns can definitely right now Pittsburgh is undefeated, but I think the Browns is snag a win. I don't know if it, in Hinesfield, but definitely in Cleveland, I think they could snag a win against the Tis true. I mean, hey, look, they're going to, next time they see the Browns, next time, the Browns, next time the Browns, they see the Steelers, Steelers yeah. contention for that second spot in, in that tough AFC North, I would definitely put them in that conversation. Right. I think that, I think the, I think Baltimore could still win that division. 
but I would have to say it's going to be, a, depending on what we see between the Browns and the Steelers on the field, that's going to probably be what dictates who, who we gets will have a better idea on that what's going on and that difficult for the second place. Yes. I mean, I, I, that, I mean, let's see. I mean, after this week, the Browns play the Bengals, the, the Raiders, Texans, Eagles, Jaguars, Titans, Ravens, Giants, Jets, and Steelers. I think the Browns are definitely going to be winning the majority of those games. Guys, um, Raiders are very, like, inconsistent, in my opinion, as a team. They could go out and, like, just take out Kansas City in there and another, then another day they would just lose just, like, some other random team out of nowhere. So, I think Browns, they may not take it seriously. Right, right. You know, they're just not the Chiefs. There's no Patrick Mahomes. Right. And with that, we're going to transition now into FAMU into FAMU sports. Um, I know you're not too familiar with FAMU because because of reasons being and stuff, but I'm going to help you out here. I know you've never been doing HBCU homecoming and stuff, but this Oh, it is. I'm. I'm gonna tell you now. You you have to go. I, I don't know how. I don't know how much of in love you are with like, things like fried fried chicken and fried, chicken. fried fish. And fried fish. Give me a fried grouper sandwich. I'm in love with those. Oh, see, so you'd fit right in there. <laughs> Cause oh my gosh, that's like some of the best food ever. Like the first thing. I do when I get to Tallahassee for homecoming week, I have to go find a vendor with some type of fish and I just sit down and I listen to the sounds of the March 100 practice the day before the game. That, and that's, uh, that's my Friday night. That, that right there makes my Friday night. We got a road trip to Tallahassee sometime when this is all over. I'm not going back to Tallahassee till maybe 2021, 2022. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I mean, obviously, I mean, I think we'll clear up by then. You come, you come to Port Orange, and we'll take the four-hour ride up north. Oh yeah, I'm down. Okay. But I mean, hey, look, they they open up the season next year down in uh down in Miami. I'm trying to put together this coup we, 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 with you me and Dalton. We, we could just link up down there. We'll see. Exactly. Hey, we'll see. We will definitely see. But um, and the interesting thing about it going this going into homecoming week today was supposed to be, or Saturday this past Saturday was supposed to be FAMU and A&T. and I don't know if you've seen the highlights of that, but. Based off those highlights, I think you can kind of say those two teams don't like each other. But I'm going to say this. I definitely think FAMU would have beaten A&T again. FAMU would have still been undefeated. And FAMU would have been walking into homecoming week this week with a lot of momentum. That's just my point of view. And I think a lot of people would agree with me. And the ones that don't are obviously Aggie fans. (laughs) And that's perfectly fine. But, I mean, the truth is the truth. And I've even said it sometimes in messages I've sent to people. I wouldn't have, I would not have been surprised if the third year, for the third year in a row, this would have been the year that FAMU probably would have blown out A&T. 
everybody everybody would have been like, oh my gosh, what's going on? I'd be like, no, what, what are you surprised about? FAMU had a lot of firepower coming back this season, especially on the offense. Oh, yeah, I heard they were really good. And Ante's an HBCU team. Exactly. Like they I, were, I still do not understand they how, were basically how they, top. Um, they, they keep losing to, to Cookman. I don't, I don't understand oh, yeah. that. Their team is good. You're, you're talking about the you're talking about the Florida Classic. Yeah, I I, know, I don't understand how F, how FMA. Man, I'm tripping right now. Florida A. You don't understand. I, I do not understand how they keep losing to to Cookman. Like I I especially all the times I think they're the better team from the very you know exposure of of what I've seen so far. Right. Okay, so I'm gonna walk you through this. Um. So as you honestly, I'm gonna tell you now. The last time, fam, you won the Florida Classic, we didn't even know each other. I'm gonna tell you now, we were in middle school. Um, Barack Obama was still the president. Last time. It was, it was 2010. Uh, so it somebody actually asked me this question a few months ago. They said, you know, how many Florida Classics do you think, fam, you should have won that they lost during this nine-year skid? I honestly tell them all the time, I felt like, fam, you should have won the Classic in 2012. I feel like, fam, you should have won the Classic in 2014. I feel like, fam, you should have won the Classic in 2017, 2018, and 2019. I would say they should have won. I just do not understand it. The thing about see now I'm gonna go all based off the most recent Florida Classic. So last year, fam, you came into the game nine and one. Bethune Cookman was like I think I think a six win or seven win team. Yeah, stuff like and that I just don't understand. Like it's, I th- I'm see I'm I'm starting to think about it because you you know as well as I do if you with a lot of with a lot of these rivalries, especially like the Virginia Tech Virginia game. If you let these rivalries like get one sided for too long, it be- it can become a mental hurdle. Like that, that's what it was like. Florida State, and we, Miami, we, for a we while. Lived, we lived, we lived through that throughout high school. We know exactly. Exactly, exactly. I think that that's it's kind of uncharted territory for the family faithful because it is a rival. It's a rival that they've dominated for years, and so. Fam, you got down early because, you know, I think it's just the heat of battle. The juices are flowing and stuff. You're too overexcited a little bit, I think it is. And the nerves are crazy in that game. And so they had to fight back. Mind you, they all, mind you, fam, you at one point, they lost the game by four. So fam, you had opportunities to actually tie that game. I always say to people, if FAMU makes the three-point try, the kicker, had he missed that. The extra point attempt was blocked in that game, so that's four points right there. They lose the game 31-27. to 27. If that extra, if they make that three-point try and the extra point attempt is good and not blocked, we're still playing right now in overtime. And who knows what happens. But honestly, the offense was so explosive to the point where I thought FAMU should have just had, it should have just been no contest. But the weird thing about it was what Bethune-Cookman was doing defensively was every time I believe they showed 
a four man front or no, every time they showed a three man front with three down linemen, we, they struggled to pass the ball against that defense of Bethune Cookman. But every time that they sat back and waited, he carved them up. He carved them up in zone, but whenever they played, whenever they blitzed, it was, it, it was a struggle. And then there was just, there was too many mistakes in that game, but I honestly felt like this year because of the quarterback play and because of special teams, it would have been better this year. And now, and before people get going, I'm not giving Ryan Stanley a hard time. So don't even go there with me. But I think that I think John Holcomb, the third who transferred in from Kansas state would have played better in the Florida classic, given the element that he brings to the offense, the ability to run the ball. And you now have an RPO attack similar to say what Florida does right now. And similar to only the thing is, I think John Holcomb's a better thrower of the football and you've got an, an elite group of receivers. So I think that that would have helped family win the classic this year. But I mean, look, we'll see. We, we won't know. We're going to find out in 2021. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like you do. I, I question a lot of times, you know, how, how does this keep happening? Especially years when you think you've got them down and it, you just lose that game. Cause it's been times when fam, you should have won that game and family's been the underdog. And then there's been times like last year where fam, you should have won the game and they just, they lost. Trust me. I've, I've, I've seen this movie so many times. I've seen it nine straight years, but I've also seen times where fam you wins the game and you're just like, Oh my gosh. And stuff. So, I mean, it's, it's a rivalry. That's the beauty of rivalry games, but I do think fam is going to win the next Florida classic. Yeah, I would want to believe that as well. 2020. Uh, yeah. Um, I felt like personally, I think we gotta talk a lot more about NFL. There's a lot of storylines going on in the NFL. Um, give me your thoughts about um how NFL's handling the COVID because I am quite concerned about that. Honestly, I can tell you now, I think the NFL's handling COVID better than expected, to be honest. Like, I mean, look, there's no bubble. There's going to be Exactly. Like you, you can't contain this thing without a bubble. I, I do, I do, so I, I mean, think, like, um, they could have um made it like an extra step to like rent out some hotel rooms for players. They could and have some, like buses to take them to practices. Interesting thing about that: some teams are actually doing that. So I've Seattle heard that the Saints are doing that. From my understanding, I think Seattle does it because yep. because I, I think, saw that one player got kicked out real quickly with smuggling that girl. Oh my, that was so stupid. <laughs> that was so stupid. Oh my, don't even get me started. But yeah, like the I know like the Seahawks, the Saints, and even the Bucks were talking about doing that. I really just feel like the smartest teams are going to actually like find success with this. Like I, I know back with well. big time yeah, like even before like before training camp, sorry, they had an idea where they were gonna they had these little chips that they put in wristbands that everybody had to have on them to trace them and where they go and where they've been. 
So, I mean, like that is one way that they've been doing it and it's worked fantastically. The NFL chief medical examiner said, you know what? We want to be able to use our own stuff as best as possible. Our own medical experts. You you know, like how in in the NBA had on with the ring thing so they can track to make sure the player isn't getting sick or anything. They should probably look into that. I know it's a much bigger process because like NFL has like way more people. But I think it's something they should look into it, judging the circumstances. Well, I mean, that's why the NFL has like the little chip inside the wristbands. Okay, so if it does the same thing, then it does. I mean, and then the other thing too is like you got to like, there's like the NFL is constantly always testing. Like, I mean, like oh, yeah. they probably tested guys Saturday night, and then they probably are going to test again before they leave the hotels. Like they're constantly testing people twenty four seven, like and it's repeated and stuff. But see, it comes down to the money. Definitely, it comes down to the money. But some of these games have been readjusted and stuff too, because like like I said, you know I now for there's readjusting the games very well so far. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I would agree. Like with cases popping up and stuff, you you gotta take a little bit better precaution. You do, you do. Because like because um that Patriots closed down and like had a lot of us scared that like something was gonna happen again. Unfortunately, they have reopened back up. So. Right, right. I mean, like like I said, I honestly believe I think the the teams that handle this the best are going to be the ones still left standing in the end. Definitely. Ooh. So I mean that's. That's my take of it. But now there's something I got to ask you about before we get up out of here. Yes, sir. So LeBron won ring number four. And then also at the same time, the Lakers now have their 17th NBA title, which ties them with the Celtics for the most titles. How are we feeling about LeBron's legacy? I need it, to know. It's better. I, I I personally would not put him in the in the Jordan talk in terms of like greatness, greatness in terms of rings. But LeBron has a hell of a career. He he's definitely a top three player of all time. But I, I I'm just it's also hard to compare LeBron and Michael Jordan. To, to be honest, I think LeBron is the goat of this generation, and when I mean of this generation, it's like after Kobe Bryant. Kobe's a goat of his era. Mm-hmm. MJ was a goat of his era. Magic, I think, was probably of his era. I would say, right or Wilt? Not Wilt, Tom. Uh, I mean, mm, that era in the '80s that you're talking about, I really don't even. That's hard for me yeah. to understand. That's hard no, for me I to say because Wilt, honestly, Wilt, like Wilt was another era. <laughs> I'm going to take Kareem. Oh, my Lord. Oh, I mean, Kareem was in the 80s, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, you look back at the 80s, like, it was the Celtics were obvious. The Celtics and the Lakers, it was like, who was going to win the title? And then, you you know, like, it's I, – I really can't even tell. Like, it was like oh, LeBron. Larry, Larry not LeBron. Talk, so it's just... Magic and Larry were, like, the face of the league at the same time, and then, like, they both had Converse and stuff. So, I mean, it's – it's hard to tell who was really like whose era that was or whose decade that was really. Exactly. But I, 
I will say, in my honest opinion, and this is my opinion, stats aside, the mindsets are different to me. It's the mindsets do it for me because Michael Jordan had a killer instinct when he was on the floor. Oh, yeah. He had a really great one. And it's like, you, you cannot deny that, especially watching that last, that last dance documentary. It, it reminded a lot of people who the hell Michael Jordan was. Exactly. Like, you know, Michael Jordan was not. And he decided to get with a trainer and took care of his body. Exactly. That's what goes through. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's, I I need to know, like, from a lot of people, what do you think would have happened if LeBron had ran into the bad boys Pistons? What do you think would have happened? Honest question. Let's not argue with each uh, yeah, other. Yeah, I know, I know. If it was at 2007 Cavs, it would be a nightmare. 2013 Heat, I was, I would definitely put 2013 Heat over. Well, not 2013, but the Heatles, I think, would be better than them. But, but see, there's a little, and then see the other thing physicality too. Physicality is different too. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, see, the physicality nowadays is different from the physicality from back in the day. Like, back in the day, some you could you could literally get hit or something, and it's not a foul. Nowadays, if you just touch somebody, it's a foul. Oh yeah, you you can so, flop it, it, and the refs will call it. Exactly. And then the other thing, too, is see, with Michael Jordan, with MJ, and even Kobe, it was like, look. I mean, I mean Kobe got end, hit so many times throughout his career. Exactly. That's why his body broke down so fast. Well, not so fast, but that's why his body was breaking down towards the end of his career. LeBron's talking about, I have so much more basketball left in me. For one, he's bigger. He's bigger than Kobe yeah, and yeah, Jordan. He's bigger. So, of course, he's, and he, he's, he's got more money to take him. care of his body, which is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing. Exactly. And that's the other thing, too. The money's different now. The money's different. The other thing, too, LeBron, LeBron is nowhere near the type of smoker that Michael Jordan was. Michael Jordan was smoking a cigar every other five yeah. minutes from what it looks like. LeBron doesn't do that. Although LeBron may smoke a victory cigar every here and yeah. every here and there, yeah. you, you, you but, I mean, it's, smoking cigars like how Jordan did. Exactly. Like, I mean, like, dude, it's it's a lot. There's a lot that's different between then and now. Like the the preparation is different now as far as taking care of your body and stuff and all that. Like the foods you eat, you have like these different types of elements to sports medicine now that he, that have evolved within just the whole world of sports in particular, it's everything. But ultimately for me, I still say it's the mindset. Definitely. Michael Jordan was like, you know what? I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this now. Michael Jordan saw to it that a lot of guys, a lot of big name guys like Charles Barkley, like Patrick Ewing, like Reggie exactly. Miller, like uh, Clyde Drexler, did not like, get like ranks. LeBron, LeBron has the buzzer beaters, but yeah. he's not the killer insane that we see in MJ as. Exactly, I, that's just I like my thing. on a bigger stage, you know. Like, I mean, I know, like, if Bron right. Sanchez hear this, they would like just tear me apart. Like, no, LeBron is in the go combo, but I just don't personally think he's better than MJ all time. Not, 
I, I will say I think he's, he, I think LeBron's he's creeping good. up. But he's not there. LeBron. Exactly. LeBron's an elite talent. No, and no question about it. I think LeBron's definitely not like how it was with the Cleveland series. Like that, that Cleveland series was something else. But um, the Warriors back in 2016, that right. like you know. I think I, th- I think he made a huge leap in the GOAT conversation, but it kind of slipped away with um the recent NBA Finals with the Warriors. You know, like, he kind of did fade away a little bit. I mean, even though even though his only expectation was to play good in those finals, like, he kind of did fade away within those games. I know, I know bronze fans right. do not want to hear it, but, like, the truth is the truth. Like, but see, now, and yeah, see, here's like, the other thing, like, too, play, that I'm... So ent- die trying, I mean... Right. And here's the other thing I'm interested in, though. Um, you know now, next season, Warriors are going to be back healthy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know that. War- the Warriors are going to be... Warriors are going to be back healthy. You got... The Clippers are still going to be good. Uh, depend- I don't know what's going to happen I with have, the Rockets in really Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City, as far as I'm concerned, is going to give rid of Chris Paul. Russell Westbrook is definitely a night to keep on. I mean, I know some people want to say he's washed and stuff, but I mean, give the man a break. He had a torn hamstring and coronavirus completely messed up his workout routine. So I would, I personally would write it, write him a pass, but I would keep an eye on mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook. I think, I think his Houston days may be coming up. I, I do not want. And to then go. what's the I, other one? What's it? You. You got you got John Morant, who's young and up and coming in the West too. Like the, this is gonna get pretty I think interesting. Will be a solid eight seven seed ish next year. Exactly. Like, and then you still, you've still the got you still got the Trailblazers. Still got the Blazers. Yeah. So I mean, like, like I said, the, the whole the, the one team that was missing from this whole equation was Golden State. And I love how Golden State fell off and everybody wasn't a Golden State fan all of a sudden. But I'm like, look, Golden State's got a top, what, top top three pick in the draft? They're going to trade it for someone. It's not a Oh, of course. Um, I think Golden of State course. next year, I I don't think they're not going to be as as dominant as before. But if they get like, like a decent big they're man or something, be- they're going to make a lot of noise playing in football. They're going, They're going to be, be there. Top five. I agree with you. I see. Let me change. I agree with four. you. And they're still going to, and they're going to be the team that gives LeBron a hard time. Uh, yes. They're going to have to make some yeah. moves, but they will give LeBron a hard time without a doubt. Exactly, because now, because like I said, you. That this team, that team is going to still that team. They are so consistent shooting threes. And they can get hot Keep in at mind, any time. The Lakers are also going to lose a lot of players they had from this team that made a difference, like Rondo. Rondo said he's. Really? I just heard recently, I think Rondo's um, going free agency. I kind of heard the same thing about Anthony Davis. Well, I don't know Anthony how true Davis, that is, so. I would assume he would resign, but you never know. You just know. Okay. I mean, me, okay. right now, I mean, my current look on it. NBA right now as as a Westbrook fan is like what the hell is going to happen to him? I 
I personally do not want him on the Knicks because Tom Thibodeau may may just run up his minutes and like no, you cannot run up a 31, 32 year old point guard who relies on athleticism and have another D Rose accident. Like that's something I want to avoid, but there is some plus size if, right. if Westbrook does go to um the Knicks. He could definitely help them to a decent playoff run, maybe for a second round exit. Mm-hmm. I, I'd want right. him to Miami from the get go. Who knows? Maybe Miami may pitch may pitch in. Give up some pick for him. True. True. Maybe make it happen, Pat, Pat I, Riley. I, but that's gonna do it for us on this episode of the Running Gun Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, if you have not already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Penalty Talk. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Throw Flags. Make sure you follow us on Facebook at Penalty Talk. Make sure you follow us on... Um, no, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh my gosh, I drew a <laughs> blank there. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. Check us out on Spotify. Um, and also, if you need to shoot us an email, our email is flag on the play sports at gmail.com. Uh, Flash, you got anything? Um, Thanks for watching, y'all. I mean, I think tomorrow's going to be a fun day of NFL. Uh, we should be thankful we have NFL going on. I think I think sports are looking bright right now. That's what I'm concerned, and we should be all happy about that. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Also, too, if you have early voting in vote. your state, make sure you go out and vote. Yes, make go sure out and vote. Who you want to vote. Do not vote just based on party now. Just make sure you vote on a candidate who you your ideas. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. And But as always, you know, that's going to do it for us. Uh, continue wearing masks, social distance. Stay blessed. We will see you on the next episode. Good night, y'all.